out that every single time this thing counts down, it skips the number five. It starts at six and then goes to four. And I don't understand why it's it doing that. I think it's because I hit record. Because it says five. <laughs> it doesn't say, it just it says six, say. four, right. three. I'm, I'm so six. confused by this. I'm we so are confused. Using a, we're using a program that doesn't understand the concept of numbers. <laughs> Yes, it's a computer program that rejects the idea of mathematics, and that's insane. Right. That can't right. possibly it's be. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we're going to do this as a little bonus, uh, a bonus tangent. Yeah, bonus tangent. A, bon- a, a bonus tangent because uh, yeah. as, as we're recording this, we have just gotten the news that the Supreme Court has overturned the Roe versus Wade decision. Um, so for the... Basically, the Supreme Court has has kicked any decision making about uh, about the the issue of abortion back to states to determine on their own, uh, rather yeah. than enshrining a federal right to abortion. Uh, the Supreme Court is is moving this to a decision that has to be made by by the states. Um, I think I would like to interrupt. You use the ahead. word enshrin- enshrining, uh, and I think that is perfect. That is exactly what happened. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Do you know how in in scripture you have idolatry and adultery often associated with one another? Yeah, I right. think that I think that abortion can often I'm not saying it is always the fruit of adultery, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. Um but but it is something that I think that I think that abortion has been treated as this I mean it's it's insane almost. It's been treated as this thing that that is idolized. Do you know what well, I mean? It, yeah, I think I think more than anything, it's the idolatry that that gets associated with with abortion, where it's become this thing that uh, you have to say exactly the right thing about it um, in order to uh, be accepted by, let's say, on, on the left. You have to say oh, exactly yeah. the right thing, and if you don't say it exactly the right, and if you don't, honestly, we've gotten to a point now too where it, abortion absolutism has become mm. sort of the, the, the progressive Can you define line. that? So abortion absolutism is basically saying that abortion is okay at any time, no matter what, no matter the circumstances. Mm. Uh, the abortion, like the right to abort a child, uh, precedes any other consideration. Right. Uh, and that's right. that's abortion absolutism. And it's, right. it's actually something that increasingly has become problematic, I think. Uh, over the years, you, you've seen as, as people... Uh, who once said that they could support abortion in, in certain rare circumstances, uh, right. now suddenly insisting on it, or uh, frankly, the Democratic Party just saying that anybody who isn't fully on the absolute legal abortion. side of abortion right. Right. Uh, is is therefore not really pro woman or something, um, and in some ways, I think it's actually moved people more towards the center. People who might have at right. one time been more on, on the extreme end of uh, kind of radically supporting abortion now saying, well, wait a second, that's not actually what, what I want. The, uh, the pillar did a thing on this where they, they, they had a whole conversation about how uh, laws in Europe governing abortion are really very different than, than the American approach to it. And so if you, mm-hmm. if you talk to most people about what they think about abortion, they would actually kind of go along with uh, the European model, which, uh, you know, unfortunately, even there, uh, abortion is, is legal up to a certain point. Maybe we should say just at the outset, like, I'm, I'm totally pro-life. 
Um, oh yeah. I'm, I, oh yeah. Just in, just in case the fact that I'm a Catholic priest didn't make that clear, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me make sure I, I say it. Um, right. I, I I fully believe in the in the right to life uh, from the moment of conception yeah. to the moment of natural death, and also for for that matter, um, I'm not. Uh, I think that the other way that often the the left will kind of throw things at pro lifers is to say you only care about the child in the womb. You don't care about anything that happens to the baby after that or to the mother or anything like that. And um, let me just say that's that's not true. And I think actually as Catholics we might be in a, in a great position to talk about that because the the support right. for uh, for for children for the poor uh, for for women who are in crisis situations. You know we're really blessed here um, in the diocese of Bridgeport. We have Malta House yeah. of Good Counsel. Have you ever been to Malta House? Yeah. I've never been. I have. I do know what it is, and I've actually. Uh, for, so for our wedding, we're doing a a donation in lieu of favors, and awesome. that is one of the places that we donated to. Awesome! I love it. Yeah. Um, because Malta House is is such a beautiful ministry, and it provides women who find themselves in a crisis situation uh, a place where they can live safely. Right. Uh, where they can right. further their education, where they can get help for whatever it is that they might be going through, um, where they can get job training and where they will be set on a path to success so that they can raise their child. Yeah. Um, and so, so many babies have come uh, through Malta House and are alive and succeeding today. Like right. Malta House has been around long enough that I think the oldest Malta House baby is in their 30s now. Right. Uh, right. It's, it's, I didn't it's know amazing. That. I didn't know yeah. it had been around that long. Yeah. And it's this incredible apostle. It's the only one like it around here and it's right. it, really what it is is it's catholic saying if, if we believe that uh right. that the child in the womb has dignity and has the right to life if we believe that mothers should be helped and that women should be helped to not go through this trauma of abortion then we need to provide them with that place where this can all happen where, where they can be safe right, right. so I think this is this is a good moment for us as as Catholics to just kind of remember who we are. That it's we're not just uh, against abortion. We're not just opposed to the to the uh, yeah. the idea of, of killing children in the womb, but right. we are also very very much uh, in favor of. And I think we have personal responsibility to help those women who find themselves in those situations where they feel they have no other option. Absolutely. Like we've got, we've uh, got to support them. We've got to give them our, our, our love and yes. whatever they need so that that baby can survive and, and help. Right. Them. If I, if I might say two things, one, this is somewhat from a more apologetic point of view as well. The argument that, like you said, it often comes from the left that, well, you don't care about the baby after they're born. Right. I think my response to that would be something along the lines of, so, for example, a very specific example, uh, there was a shortage in baby formula recently. I don't know if you know that. Um, and people were using that to say, this is why we need abortion, right? Because we can't feed them. And, and I remember having a conversation with, with a friend of mine and saying, like, but that doesn't even make sense. The argument is we need to kill the babies now because if we don't kill them, they're going to die. Right. You know, and so it's, right. it's a self-contradiction. And it's the same idea of like, well, you don't care about them after they leave the womb. And so the argument is we need to kill these babies now because if they're born, they're going to die. They're going right. to they're gonna live bad lives. And it's like, no, that doesn't make sense. That, you know, you're not even arguing from A to B. It's like A to, you know, negative one. You're not even, you're not even, <laughs> you're doing really complex algebra for some reason, <laughs> you know? Um, the other thing was that, um, man, I forgot, forgot. It's okay. I need my memory jogged. Well, it was it was about um, oh about about the the overturn of Roe v. Wade and the idea that we need to care for them 
it's important to remember that because Roe v. Wade essentially only overturns I mean, it does only overturn the the national legislation. You know right. what I mean? Um, it's in, and it is in the state's court now. You know, it's in this. I mean, I meant court in like like a basketball game. Right. But I you're, suppose you're also not, not exactly the ball's in your court, right. not like the court right. of law. I understand. No, I'm, I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. Right. But yeah. I guess you could say both. You know, um, it's important to remember that this is not a matter that like oh, abortion's illegal now. You know what I mean? We we live in Connecticut. Connecticut's a very liberal state. Sure. Well, and and it's and this has been said several times in the last couple of months that um, really there's not going to be much that we're we're not going to see much of an effect here in Connecticut um, of this. But at the same time, I think it's it's important that it's been said that the the reasoning in Roe v. Wade is is flawed in in this way, Uh, and that you know what for what forty years. 50. 50 years. Man. Yeah. Am I that old? <laughs> but for... I, well, I, I only know that because I was looking up the statistics earlier. and So you're better prepared it, than 50. I am is what you're saying. You're saying that you're better well, prepared. Well, it's more like the news broke and, and I had an extra 10 minutes before we jumped on. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's not that. But <laughs> but it is. It's okay. <laughs> but the for 50 years, um, think of the March for Life. Right, March right. has been going on for for almost fifty years, of of people going and and standing as witnesses to to the truth of the dignity of human life, and we've we've made this actually great progress, oh, uh, because absolutely. even even over over time, what's happened is the the whole tenor of the conversation has changed. It's moved from speaking about uh, it's not really a baby, right, which was which was one of the arguments of the of the pro choice camp of the pro abortion camp right. is that it's not really a baby it's it's a, yeah, it's a, a clump, clump of, of cells. cells it's nothing more and and over time that became very obviously an untenable position because right. the science didn't support it and right. if if they wanted to say that they were trying to do something scientific they they had to at least acknowledge the science right and so actually i think <laughs> as a, a, you would a, think is necessary <laughs> you would think right? right but over over time what happened was was i think a greater sense of of the reality of what's going on which i think has made people actually take the issue more seriously for oh, better or for worse that that's made them take the issue more seriously they recognize right. that it does mean the destruction of of a child um right and i think the where the calculus gets gets difficult uh and in the in the conversation it gets difficult because so often people uh they're thinking of a particular person who they know when they, mm-hmm. when they talk about it, or they're, they're thinking of a hypothetical situation. What happens if this circumstance happens? Right. Well, and this is an interesting thing, I think just in terms of moral theology, Catholic moral theology, mm-hmm. we don't just have broad rules that apply in every situation. We have, we have broad rules that then need to be applied to every situation. Mm-hmm. So how do I apply this, this principle to the concrete circumstance here. Right. And actually that's where I'm not a moral theologian. Um, yeah, my, my, area was, so. my, my area was dogmatic theology and I'm, I'm quite happy to stay there. Um, right. But right. In, in moral theology, the idea of, of how to apply these different principles to concrete circumstances. Right. Um, but what that requires then, and this is, this is where I think the, the, the word of, of Pope Francis so often is accompaniment. Right, mm-hmm. accompaniment is so important to, right. to actually Smell walk like the with sheep, a person. Right? 
Yeah, if I'm going to walk with a person who's struggling with something, um, it's not just going to be telling them, well, here's the, the moral teaching, uh, so you better, you better live up to it. Right. it. It's instead going to be, you're right that the church teaches this, but let's, let's talk about how that's going to apply in this situation. Let's walk with you in this. And then, you know, for, for people who realize that they've, they've made the, the choice, um, that, they've, that they've, they've done something, it's the church accompanying them with mercy. Right. To oh help gosh, them to yeah. understand the the mercy of God, you know. So, you see this with. I always remember when I, when I was a kid, uh, going through uh, going through youth group stuff. There were two girls in the youth group who got pregnant. Right. And this was the late '90s when teen pregnancy was was a thing that you heard a heck of a lot more about than you do today. Right. right? So these two girls got got pregnant, and I think both of them at first th- were afraid that if if anybody knew about it that they were going to be rejected that they weren't going to be loved or anything like that and uh i i'll always remember how our the adults who were involved in our in our youth ministry just embraced those girls and and really helped them to the point that one of the girls got kicked out of her house and it was families that were connected with the youth group that took her in wow and that always stuck with me as this like incredible incredible pro-life witness and right. with, without even thinking about it, it was just, well, of course somebody gave her a place to stay. Right. Uh, of course we're going to take care of her. Um, right. And of, of course we want that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, once upon a time to have said uh, to a, if you were a, a girl going to Catholic school and, and you got pregnant, um, they, you could have very easily been dismissed from the school. Right. And over time, I think this is where the church has come to understand, no, if we're going to say that we're pro-life, then we, right. we have to, in every practical circumstance, support, protect, defend uh, not just the life of, of this child, but the life of the mother, too. Right. We've got to make sure that she's provided for, that she's taken care of. Right. And how beautiful that ends up being, right? It right. doesn't matter what, what you've done. Like We, we realize that things right. have happened, but we're going we're gonna to walk with you now. And then take that to the next step, that... Uh, a, a woman who has had the has taken the decision to to abort her child, that there's mercy. Right. Think, think of all the all the incredible apostolic work that's done through things like Project Rachel um, or Rachel's Vineyard. I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar uh, with that. So Project, Project Rachel, Rachel is is uh, Project Rachel Rachel's Vineyard. These are are uh, organizations meant to help women on the healing journey after having an abortion mm. to help them through right. the the regret the remorse. Uh, to find a, uh, to come to a place of healing and, and often to even dig into the, the the stuff that led them to the decision in the first place. Right. And why did, Why did you get to that place? What What was going on? Because there's often so many other spiritual wounds that they're that they're carrying. And, right. Uh, the Sisters of Life and and their incredible incredible ministry to to women to help them with healing. It, it, it's it's amazing the the length of time that that people will hold on to regret about abortion. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, I can it's, only it's imagine. Amazing. And, uh, I'm 14 years a priest and I don't think a, a year has gone by that. I haven't at, at least a few times had to walk with women through that, uh, right. through, through that struggle every year, at least right. a few times a year it, it comes up right. and to help them to find that healing. And I don't, even just to know that, that God loves them. Right. Sometimes that's, that's the thing I feel like I, that's the only thing I know I can say. Uh, I don't know exactly how to bring the, the healing of everything else, but I know that I can at least tell them you're loved by God and, right. and God doesn't hate you and, and your child doesn't hate you. you know, and it's like those are so powerful. That. Yeah. That's so powerful. I, I've, 
you know, it's interesting. The thing that stuck out to me there was, was you said that your child doesn't hate you. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing by any means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've just never heard that. I've never heard, I mean, having never been in, involved, thank God with, with something like this. Um, but certainly having been, uh, a terrible sinner, you know, and join the club, and, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and having to deal with my own sin from my past and, and, and the inability to let it go, you know, but it's not that the sin is worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause grave sin is grave sin, you know, but my grave sin has never been something, something as concrete as an abortion with such political stigma around it. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. And then, and then, and it's what I mean by that is you've got one side celebrating your sin, right? And then you've got the other side who who wants to proclaim mercy, but because we're sinners, right? The church is perfect in that it offers everything you need for salvation, but it's made up of sinners, and so we sin, and so we are we sometimes fail. You know, heck, you can make the argument we often do. You know what I mean? And so. The other side where it's like, yeah, we got to offer you mercy. But again, we cannot, we cannot lie about this being murder. You know, so you've got the, the spectrum that is total celebration. And then the other side of the truth of it being murder. And you're somehow caught in the middle here. Yeah. And one, one, one side's like, I just want you to, we want you to face the reality, but we want to offer you love. And the other side being like, we want to celebrate you as if you, you know, accomplished some tremendous achievement. Uh, and, and I've never been stuck in the middle of that ever. Um, well, it, it gets to the heart of what, what is accompaniment really? Right. To accompany someone, does, does it mean to, to celebrate everything that they do uh, and no, to support them not. in everything that they do? Or does, does accompaniment mean to say, uh, no matter what you do, what you've done or, or what you are doing, I'm I'm here to to help you, but I have to also tell you that this is this is the wrong path or this is the wrong thing to do. Right. You know, real right. accompaniment uh, means walking with them, but also offering a corrective. Um, I can't accompany right. you off the cliff. I can't accompany you off the the correct path and let you get lost, uh, because then we're right. both lost and and nothing is nothing has happened. I've I've got to accompany right. you into something. Right. But I think this is where. Um, in maybe in the, in the whole issue with with abortion, that's that's the other part of it. Um, we've we've thrown abortion out there as a, as an easy solution, but we haven't addressed right. a lot of the other things that are attached to it. You know, so I'm I am so happy that that this decision has come down today. It's it's amazing, and I never. Oh, it's amazing. Honestly, I had I had I didn't think that it would happen in my lifetime. I didn't think I would see it. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that it, that it has happened. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but it, this also sparks for me. There's, there's so many other things that need to be dealt with too. Um, for all the, the oh, times yeah. that, that when I was growing up, you'd hear about, about abortion as something, they would talk about it being safe, legal, and rare. Right. right. And, and all that's <laughs> happened is, is it's become more radicalized and more and more absolutized. Well, right. if we actually want it to have, if we actually want a place in which abortion is something safe, legal, and rare, which I, I don't want it legal. I don't no. think it, I, th I don't think it's ever safe. Um, I certainly no. want it to be, to be rare and I, I would like it to be never. <laughs> but right. if, if we're looking at, at it this way, then what are the underlying causes that are, are most often pointed to as the reason that we, sh we should have it? It's, it's poverty. 
it's lack of education. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the, uh, the the lack of safety within within a relationship um then there's there's something that we need to do here uh which is we need to address these underlying causes and and i'm not naming all the causes obviously all the reasons why a woman finds herself feeling that she needs to have an abortion but we need to address those underlying causes those things like poverty those things like lack of education those things like safety within a relationship we need to we need to strengthen then our our outreach to the poor we need to strengthen our our uh our, our work on behalf of, of those who are, are in, in struggles. And, and we need also to, to get back to having a, a culture, maybe get back is, is the wrong phrase. I, yeah, I don't think we should say that. Never mind. We shouldn't say get back to having a culture, but we, we need to create a new culture mm-hmm. and in the, in the best mm-hmm. possible sense of create a new yeah. culture, create a new culture in which uh, we understand the complementarity of men and women. Um, in a relationship, in in creating life, the complementarity of of fathers and mothers in yeah. a child's life, and and once again value the gifts that both bring. Right. Right. I think there right. was a time when it was valued, but it was valued uh, as something that was by default. And right. we've now come to a place where I think as a culture, it's time not to say we need to go back to that being the default, but we need to create a new a culture that says explicitly and intentionally fathers and mothers are both important fathers have responsibilities to their children um mothers have responsibilities to their children right fathers have responsibilities to the mothers of their children uh, mothers have responsibilities to the fathers of their children we, like there's there's a complementarity a teamwork we need to to get back to that sense or create it all over again a, a new i keep saying go back and i don't mean go back no no i think <laughs> you know uh, I mean? yeah well i mean JP2, right? New evangelization. And if that is, that's something that's so often associated with him. And I think for, I mean, maybe maybe it's just me, right? Maybe I always interpreted that as like new mediums of evangelization. Sure. We're going to go with the internet. We're going to go with the radio. We're going to go with this kind of program at this kind of school. You know what I mean? And and I think that, and I, and this is not something that's dawning on me in this very moment, um, but I've progressively come to understand that you have clarified a bit of it in that it's it's a new culture, right? New evangelization is a new culture, right? And yes, there are new mediums of evangelization, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also think, if if I may, just just go back for one second. I think that this this conversation has focused a lot on the perils of abortion, and rightly so, because while Roe v. Wade is a major victory, there are still things to be done. Um, but we can't undersell the fact that it really is a major victory because with Roe v. Wade in place as the national legislation, there was a block no matter what. You know what I mean? Well, like we, Yeah. We were blocked that, from actually working on this new culture. And that door is open now. Yeah. Hearts can be changed. And if those hearts are changed, right, if enough hearts are changed, the door is open for actual change on a on – a, maybe more significant level is is the wrong word because technically speaking Roe v. Wade covers more land you know what I mean but but on the state level it'll it'll have that immediate impact that as we were saying before in Connecticut we may not experience but if we change enough hearts in Connecticut now we may because Roe v. Wade doesn't stand in the way of that well and and also without that idea that that abortion is the cure-all which 50 years of this should show us that it hasn't cured anything Right. All that poverty is still there. 
uh, all right. that abuse is still there. All right. the circumstances are still there. So we clearly have not addressed the underlying issues that, that are present there. So right. it's if, if the federal government is not going to guarantee an absolute right to this anymore, then it will force us to start addressing those, those underlying causes. So things that we weren't, we, I shouldn't even say we, I don't even mean it in that way, but like right. things that were going unaddressed. Now let's start to focus with, with a real serious focus. Who wants to object to alleviating poverty? No one right. wants to object to that. No, there, there might be prudential ways that that people disagree on how to do it, the the mechanics right. of it. I mean, there but, certainly are. Yeah, I don't think it's but, there may. There are. But we have to alleviate poverty. We have to find a, a way for that to to be no more. Um, we have to find that that place wherein um, parental responsibility is actually being affirmed, and right. where parental responsibility is something that people are held to. And, like who's and, holding us responsible for anything anymore? Let's let's recognize that these things that that we we are responsible that we ought to be responsible to. Um, th- there are some consequences to our lives. What would happen if we became a culture that was more responsible, that recognized but, but our, not our, our only own obligations, to. not only held to but desired? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and again, right? The new culture, the new culture isn't one where I simply say, "You have a kid, you have to be there." It's where you say to me, I have a kid and I want to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like this is something – because that's big, right? I mean uh, – and, and the Catholic Church leads the way in a very particular way in this in that we don't believe in contraception. You know what I mean? We see sex as something that is for, yes, the unity of the couple, absolutely, but also for procreation. You know? And so, so when you are you know, participating in the marital act, you are open to life and what that means. You yeah. know what I mean? As a whole, right? And that's basically what we've been saying this whole time, which is that we want to create a culture where people are not only open to the baby being born, but then helping the mother and helping the father and helping the baby. But see, after that, that, that comes, yeah, and that, that comes by actually appreciating who the human person is. Like, who are we as, as human beings that this... Right we have this capacity for so many great things. And when, when we start to appreciate who we really are, um, start with appreciating the body and what the body is capable right. of and, and the miracle right. of what the body is capable of. Then start appreciating uh, that, that these things that, are, that we are capable of doing can make something happen. Right. You know, uh, man and woman coming together can create a new life. Right. And there's there's something so beautiful and so powerful about that. And Let's was start meant to, uh, to. Yeah, exactly. And, and if we start to, to appreciate again, like how we are designed, how we're built and what we're made for um, right. with that with that appreciation, then we can also understand that the deeper level of our obligation to our brothers and sisters, to our neighbors, right. uh, to the world. We, and we start to see it as as it's actually incredibly holistic. It's actually something that fits into a, a very, very broad framework. Right. But if we can't recognize that the child developing the womb has inherent dignity, then we'll right. never recognize the dignity of our own bodies. We'll never recognize the dignity and the beauty of, of relationships, of marriage. Uh, we'll never right. recognize any of that stuff. So this is, yeah, I think this is, this is uh, I, I hope that this will be an open door to a, a new conversation about right. human life 
and what human right. dignity it really is. That it's it's not just going to be about debating the the pros or cons of of abortion. It's it's going to be now actually saying we have the ability as a as a society as, as a culture to to face this. But here's the thing: uh, as, as I'm looking at this at this news right now, just that this this issue is is going to lead to a lot of anger. Oh, no doubt. Uh, from from a significant segment of, of our society. Yeah. And like for for Catholics, first of all, just r- remember r- remember what the church teaches us about the dignity of the human person, the dignity of human life, and that the church teaches that whether the person that you are, the concrete actual person that you're there with, we were talking about principles before, right? Mm-hmm. The, the actual person that's that's there in front of you, whether they are, are treating you the way that, that uh, are recognizing your dignity, you're called to recognize theirs. Yeah. To recognize their dignity, yeah. to love them in spite of whatever it is that they, that they might be doing. Um, right. And then let's also just keep in mind that this is a time for us to, to redouble our prayer. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yes. Like this is as, as much as this is a, a true victory, um, it's significant that it comes on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, uh, the Heart of Jesus triumphing uh, in his in his mercy. There's there's a, a real significance to that. But even more um, to, to realize that there is there's something else that we have to, we can't just stand and stand around and, and gloat about this. Like we have to get back on our knees and continue to pray for the dignity of human life and respect for, for life and, and to be agents of that cultural change to, to right. bring about the, the real culture of, of life. But we've, we've got to be part of that. And, and we're going to have to do that in the face of, um, I mean, get ready for it, get ready for it. The oh, persecutions and the, and the anger. It's coming. Yeah. Something that I, I try and remember is that this is, persecution comes with it comes with the christian life jesus said pick up your cross you know what i mean and when he was when believe i mean i i believe this you know when he was walking with his cross people were spitting on him people were cursing at him heck they put a crown of thorns on him this is how they treated the king of the universe they made they gave him a a a crown that would make him bleed you know so it's like the the persecution we will face is not only it's not only um, unsurprising; it is to be expected, right? You know, and we and we have to be willing to stand up for that, you know. So, exactly, yeah. So, uh, well, let's do this. Let's let's bring this all to the to Our Lady. Um, yeah. In particular, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, who's a patroness for the unborn, um, a patroness of the pro life movement, and just ask her to, uh, yeah, to to give us her her guidance and and to intercede for us. As we go forward, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now Now and at the the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is a a bonus episode of The Tangent, a production of Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Father Sam Kachuba. I'm Matt Spradley. <laughs> Co-host, producer, time. everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, Father. Peace.